Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. With 10 consecutive rate rises, the Reserve Bank is finally giving Australian households a break. It's placed rates on hold, but will it last? Today, business editor Ian Verinder on how there's been a big shift in the RBA board's thinking and what comes next. month of uh, breathing space for now. The Reserve Bank has kept the cash rate on hold at 3.6%. So, Ian, there'll be a lot of people breathing a bit of a sigh of relief, I think. But this decision, not only will it be noted here in Australia in a big way, but it's also will gain interest around the world, won't it? I think so, yeah, because, um, you know, we are one of the first, well, we're not a major player, I guess, in the global community, but we're, we're well noticed and uh, it'll get headlines around the world that we've actually started to pause. Yeah. And the statement that was put out by the governor, Philip Lote, will uh, come under quite a a lot of scrutiny from uh, from around the world because mm. he's uh, it's a very very different uh, rhetoric than we've seen up until you know fairly recently uh, where this time he's really pointing out the fact that the global economy is slowing down we've seen those ructions running through the global financial system and particularly the American banking system and of course uh, with Credit Suisse uh, in Switzerland the collapse there which you know the bailout by UBS the warning signs should have been flashed The collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, or SVB, almost caused a full-blown banking crisis. Regulators are under pressure to explain why they didn't prevent it. This is a clear case of panic that started here in the United States, migrating across the Atlantic to Credit Suisse, whose shares fell sharply to a record low. And what he's saying there is that those ructions that have run through the global financial system will end up being the equivalent of rate hikes anyway, because it means that credit has tightened. It means the banks aren't that willing to lend as they were prior to that situation. Everybody's looking at their reserves to make sure they've got enough uh, finance in reserve, and that means they'll be lending less to to borrowers, Mm. and uh, that's the equivalent of a rate hike there. Mm, so the, the the collapse of SVB was a big factor, was it, in the minds of the RBA board members? It was certainly, yeah. It uh, you know it's it's the third paragraph that they mentioned. Mm. They say, but essentially, the outlook for the global economy re- remains subdued. And then they talk about the recent banking system problems in the United States and Switzerland. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was the third part. So very very high up in um, in their decision to keep rates on hold. And I think they've set the scene for possibly a quite an extended period of holding back, really. But what's that got to do with us? Because I thought, Ian, the banks in Australia are rock solid. There is no chance that a bank would collapse here. Ah, uh, there's always a chance that a bank <laughs> okay. can collapse. And, you know, banking is the riskiest business of all to be in uh, because, you have a fairly limited capital base uh, and then you you know borrow money and lend vast amounts of money out you you actually 
create money through that process because, you know, if, if I'm the bank and you come to me and say, well, here's a dollar I want to, you know, deposit it in the bank, I'll go, thanks very much, and I'll put it in the bank and then I'll lend it out to somebody else who comes in. Mm. That dollar will come back to me. I'll lend it out again. It'll come back to me I'll, and I'll keep lending it out. And it's not the government that actually um, creates the money and it's not the reserve bank that creates money. It is the banking system itself. And the role of the central bank, or in our case, the Reserve Bank of Australia, is to, I guess, limit or regulate the speed at which money is created. It's called the velocity of money. And so when they put interest rates up, it means people borrow uh, uh, less uh, and less people borrow. And that means that the amount of money being created mm. slows down. So that's how the, the system kind of works. If there's a crisis of confidence and the depositors all want their money back at the same time, no bank in the world can do that. Mm. They just don't have the capital on hand to be able to just hand it all back. So banking is a very risky business. Okay, so the collapse of the banks was a big factor in what the RBA has done, keeping rates on hold. What else was at play? You know, there's a lot of local factors here and there's a lot of, uh, there's a real change in the rhetoric, uh, particularly in regard to the local economy. Uh, and, you know, for a long time there, we heard about these incredible buffers that Australians had in place. Mm. And uh, the Reserve Bank and the Governor, Philip Lowe, came under quite a bit of criticism from some quarters. Um, well, you know, including myself, I guess, uh, that, you know, while some people did have buffers, there are a lot of people out there who are horribly exposed and don't have any buffers at all, which is one of the real problems with trying to use uh, interest rates as the you know sole mechanism to slow down the economy, because it really mm. impacts on a, on a narrow part of, uh, of the economy. And they've got a statement in there that says, while some households have substantial savings buffers, others are experiencing a painful squeeze on their finances. So that that's a real change in the messaging there. So they are taking notice. The buffers that you're talking about there, that's the savings that people made during COVID when we were all locked away and we couldn't spend anything, right? Yeah. And look, if you're somebody in your 20s and your 30s and you've just bought a place, You've got no buffers at all. I mean, you basically most of those people have been struggling to, you know, they've borrowed as much as they possibly can. They've extended themselves. And now they're hit with this massive increase in, uh, in mortgage repayments. And that hurts. And then on top of that, for those people particularly, you've got, uh, you know, you've got power bills and all sorts of other things that are rising quite sharply. Mm. And that's another thing that the, you know, Reserve Bank statement hones in on. You know, they're essentially saying that rents are increasing at the fastest rate in some years and the prices of utilities are also rising quickly. The ABS says grocery and housing costs were the biggest drivers of inflation over the year to February. Food prices rose by 8% and housing costs were up by almost 10%. They were driven by a 17.2% increase in electricity and rent. Nationally, it rose by 4.8%. Now, that they could have actually mentioned that in, in regards to saying this is going to drive inflation higher and we'll need to be on, on, you know, on notice that uh, we'll clamp down on this. But they're essentially saying people have no power over this. So there's a real change in the messaging that's uh, been put out by the Reserve Bank. 
sounds like they're really, like they're thinking more about the consequences of these rises for young people in Australia. Like they're, they're actually thinking more about that this time. I think that's spot on, mm, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're really noticing that this is uh, impacting a very, you know, specific section of the community and that's young Australians and particularly young Australians who have gone into debt, many of whom have gone into debt mm. uh, at the behest of uh, the Reserve Bank and the Reserve Bank Governor who made you know, not if not promises, at least made statements and consistently made statements mm. to the effect that rates would not be rising until 2024. Yeah, they're really, really hurting. So it sounds like, Ian, that the members of the Reserve Bank Board have a heart <laughs> because they're actually thinking about the consequences of this on the youth or the young people of this country. Just tell me what the alternative would have looked like because that would have meant, of course, another rate rise, the 11th consecutive rate rise. What would that have meant for those young people if that had happened? Well, you know, as far as the Reserve Bank goes, I think you're, you're right that they, they've um, recognised the amount of pain that is being meted out to uh, a, a really, a, well, it's a large group of very young Australians. Um, you know, we've got 880,000 households about to switch from uh, fixed rate mortgages to variable rate mortgages at, at a huge increase in monthly repayments. Mm. That's happening this year. Uh, all up, there's about 1.1 million households. So that's, uh, that takes into this year and next year. These were loans that were all handed out during the um, during the pandemic, and of course, at very very low rates of interest. So, an enormous impact on those people. So, there's you know, you say have they suddenly found themselves with a heart? Possibly, mm. but there's also the risk to the financial sector. And I mean, if you do start to get a lot of defaults in uh, with people not being able to repay their mortgage, that starts to hurt the banking system and hurt it very badly. Mm. Those people on those fixed loans that you mentioned, they're paying at the moment something like, what, 2%. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they come off those, they'll be paying, what, so much more, like 6% or something. I mean, it's, it's yeah. massive. Yeah. And what does that then do to the economy? Because that hasn't actually happened yet. What do we see when it does occur? Well, we'll, we'll see, uh, I guess, a, uh, a multiplication of what we're seeing at the moment, which mm -hmm. is that household spending is slowing quite dramatically. So once you see all of those people suddenly uh, having a doubling of their uh, monthly repayments, you'll see a lot less money being spent. That then impacts biz business and business profitability. That then means that businesses start to lay off workers. And look, one of the, I guess, weird things in all of this is that despite the interest rate hikes that we've seen in the past year, you still have an incredible... Um, rate of employment. Um, you know, we've got one of the lowest unemployment rates in 50 years. So that's very unusual. So it's, that's actually quite a, a good, uh, mm. I, I guess, a saving grace for the economy at the moment. Right. It's a very smart move on their part to, to actually hold back. Now, look, there's some data that comes out in a fortnight's time, which is the, it's the quarterly inflation data. That is going to be crucial to what happens next. Okay. So rates are on hold. Is that temporary? Are we going to see another rate rise next month? Or do you think this is it? We're hoping this is it, right? Um, look, there's been such a dramatic change in the rhetoric that I would possibly expect that we might see a pause in rate hikes for, for quite a little while, you know, a few months at least. 
they've made it, you know, they've, they've had to say in the statement that uh, further tightening of monetary policy may well be needed because mm-hmm. you can't close the door on it. No. You can't say definitely we won't be raising rates again. Mm. And unless inflation does break out again um, or you see a wages breakout, I think they might keep things on hold for a little while at least just to determine what kind of impact their actions have had so far. Mm. And then the next question, of course, is when will rates start to fall again? When can they start bringing them down? Well, they'll only do that if they see that there's problems. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conjecture, I guess, in the states particularly, that uh, the US will go into recession uh, later this year or early next year, and that will mean rate cuts. Mm-hmm. We may be able to avoid it here, but it's not going to be easy. Ian Verinder is the ABC's business editor. You may have seen Australia has banned TikTok on government devices over security concerns. We looked into that on March the 20th. Look for should you delete TikTok in your feed. This episode was produced by Veronica Appap, Flint Duxfield, Sam Dunn and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.